Hello, friends, and welcome to Thank You for the Music, the ABBA podcast you never knew you needed. We're your hosts, Lauren and Julie, and you're listening to Gonna Sing You My Love Song from ABBA's second studio album, Waterloo. You say she's been mad at you Then you say you'll be patient mm-hmm. Still I see that she makes you Oh my god, Julie, this is our second to last episode of the season. Is that insane or is that insane? But Lauren, it is. It's kind of sad. But I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to be out of... 1970s uh, ABBA. 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 I feel like I've said every single person's name wrong. <laughs> Jan Schaefer. <laughs> Chanson Damore. Chanson Damore. You're just covering all of your bases. I'm trying to appeal to a wide audience. To literally everyone. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is loved. Everyone. Characters welcome. Everyone. Characters are welcome? No, 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 no. We're the only two characters on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better get that right, Lauren. Julie, we're deep into Waterloo territory now, nearing the end. And then we're a quarter of the way through this podcast. Ooh, Lauren, no, don't say that. Does that make you sad? I would get sad, Lauren. Oh. We're going to have to come up with something else to talk about. So then I know. we can and see I'm sure each we other every Monday. Yeah. Yeah, it's been life-changing. It has been, for the better. For the better, yeah. Lauren, I'm going to sing you my love song. <gasps> Julie, please sing me your love song. As we're singing, going to sing you my love song. I didn't look up the lyrics, I'll be honest with you today, on this occasion. You know, I looked at them briefly, and then I closed that tab. Cool. So, going to sing you my love song is the 10th track off of Waterloo. The working title of the song was, I'm Gonna Sing You a Love Song. And then they shortened it down to, Gonna Sing You My Love Song. I think that was for the better. Yeah, I'm Gonna Sing You a Love Song is... It's too long. Almost, it's, you know, too long. Longer than Dance While the Music Still Goes On. Gonna Sing You My Love Song gets the point across perfectly. It does. The other just feels too formal, too long. And I don't like things that tell you what they're going to do and it's just very passive it's not active gonna sing you my love song that's like we're actually gonna do it yeah which is interesting though lauren because the group they put a tremendous amount of effort into getting the song titles and the hooks of their songs just right Mm. so then they could be recognized all across the world so it's interesting that they they picked a long title for this one yeah i guess they did shorten it so it worked out for the best but but they can't just call it love song no 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 right sarah Bareilles already did that that's a great song that is a great song you know what lauren Stieg anderson was instrumental in a lot of the hooks and the titles for abba's music because he himself was a songwriter before he went into music production and management and you can see his influence on a bunch of these titles. Mm-hmm. He, he found that finding the right number of syllables, the right repetition of words would kind of make music more recognizable. Mm-hmm. So you see that a lot in Ava's music, such as Honey, Honey, Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight. Money, Money, Money. Money, Money, Money. You know, 
Dum dum diddle. Dancing queen. Dum dum diddle. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to make that point, even though this song doesn't feature that. But anyways, as we've said before, Lauren, Benny and Bjorn's main goal with writing this album was to find some songs that they would be able to submit to the Melody Festival and, and eventually to Eurovision. And Gonna Sing You My Love Song is one of those tunes that was considered. And it was actually Benny who was the main songwriter on this one. He was responsible for the lyrics. But not soon after, he would abandon that role. Yeah, this is like the last one, right? He's not a famed lyricist. No, no, no. Famed pianist. Yes. Yes. Lyricist? No. No, no. This is actually a very good song for that couple, Benny and Frida, because Frida does the lead vocals on this one. And it could be said... Which is really cool. Yes, it is very cool. It could be said that this song was inspired by real-life events, because Benny and Frida, they first got together in 1969 when... Benny, he may still have been in a relationship with another woman. I heard that. But it it was kind of over. <laughs> Great. Uh, but who's counting? <laughs> I mean, we know now that Benny and Frida didn't last anyway, so. That's, yes, very true. I think you discussed this in um, Dance While the Music Still Goes On. But this one also features orchestral strings, orchestral strings arranged on a mellotron. I was just going to say that. Read your mind or my notes. I never truly. I, t- I go on the record every single week and I say, we log on, we sign into Skype, and I say, Julie, I solemnly swear once again I have not looked at your notes. Oh man, this is a. W- I make that promise to you every week. We a- always cut it out because it's not part of the show, but it's a, a private legal transaction between <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> this is a one-sided relationship in that yes. respect. <laughs> Although you don't do your notes until like five minutes before this, so. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm looking at my document right now. It says last edit was three hours ago. Lord, I check in at 7 a.m. in the morning. I check in at 10 o'clock. I check in at noon 30. I check in at 3.30. I check in at 4.26. And then I check in again right before. What does that have to do with me and my notes? See, see if I missed anything. I don't know. It's, it has nothing to do with it. But you are absolutely correct that this song features a Mellotron. And if you recall from Dance While the... the whatever that song is. Twister was song. <laughs> yeah, that other really long song. Really <laughs> long titled song. That... <laughs> oh my gosh. And if you recall, Lauren, yeah. I mentioned that the Mellotron is essentially a sampler. Yes. So you can you can record any type of sound and then play it mm-hmm. back. And so they used it a lot for string sounds, I think. So this song has a lot of Benny influence on it with the Mellotron, the mini Moog, Frida singing. And of course, you know, it can't be beat, his lyrics. Are you pulling them up right now? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Hey, yeah. All right, Lauren, that's all I got. Amazing. Good history. Lauren, let's talk about this song. Let's just, like, let's talk about it. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 is I'm Just a Girl by ABBA. 10 is Spanish Harlem by Aretha Franklin. Did I say that song last time? I don't think so. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What's in your notes, Julie? I don't have my notes from last time up, Lauren. 
Maybe you should pull them up and do it. <laughs> We're learning a lot this episode, Lauren. What the heck was it called? Oh, what about Livingston? Oh, Sugar Plums, it was the same song. Oh my god. No. Okay, 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 real quick, real quick. We'll do, uh, here we go, Lauren. Scale of 1 to 10, 1 is I'm Just a Girl by Abba. 10 is Hello by Lionel Richie. Is it me you're looking for? How would you rate this song? Overall, I think it's a really good song, actually. It's complete. It has an identity. It matches some of, you know, popular music at the time, I think. And I think it builds really well and drops really well. So I gave it a 6.4. I thought you'd say that. (laughs) Why? Because I ultimately scored it lower, but I also liked the song. I scored it a 5.5. I liked it too, except for the middle eight. You didn't like the middle eight. Also, I didn't like the strings so much, the Mellotron strings. Mm, I kind of did. You kind of did. That's where we differ, Lauren. It's a lot of pressure for me every week to give my score first. Ooh! Well, if you had such a great scale as I have... I don't need more things to do for this podcast, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, so true. I'm so sorry. I feel guilty every time you say that. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I feel so guilty. You know. I'm just roasting you. I know you are. It's I'm like fun. a, I'm like a toasty little marshmallow right now. <laughs> okay. So you liked it? I did. Yeah, I actually did quite a lot. I didn't think I was going to, to be honest. I had heard it in passing, and I was, it was just kind of, you know, an end of the album song. But actually sitting down and listening to it, I was like, wow, this has a lot going for it. This is actually pretty good. I didn't think you were going to like it. Why not? Because you liked Hasta Mañana. Ooh, I rated this one higher than Hasta Mañana. That's, uh, one, that's absurd. Two, why can't I like both of them? You can. I don't know what's happening tonight, Lauren. <laughs> we need to get through one episode of this season where we're not putting each other. <laughs> I know, I know, okay. All right, I agree with you, Lauren. I like this song a lot. I like a good ballad. I like a good earworm chorus. And that's my favorite part is the chorus. Yes. And then the whammy bar is kind of neat. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. I like that. That's That kind of sounds like the true ABBA to me. It's kind of playing with these interesting sounds and stuff like that. And then building the song on that. Yes. And also they they have these interesting sounds that are just kind of like little quips, little pieces in the song. But it's, they have a melody that's super memorable mm-hmm. that go along with those. So, like, in your brain, when you, like, at least when I have this stuck in my head, it, it plays through the chorus. And it's like, gonna sing you my love song, blah, blah, blah. Um, gonna bring you some light. And it goes, wow, wow, wow. Like, like those sounds are built into the melody of the song mm-hmm. in a really interesting way that, like, your brain remembers. Even though it's not a part of, the you know, everyone singing. I think the little whammy bar, when they say that, it kind of reflects the rays of sun or the rays of light that this person's going to bring the other person. Mmm, interesting. Mm. This is vastly different from Honey Honey. This is much more romantic. Yes. And I was going to say it's cheesy, but it's like not cheesy. Like, it's creamy, I think. 
Right. And kind of smooth, but not in a cheesy way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very earnest compared to, at least compared to Honey Honey. Right. Do you think that these two songs indicate the differences between their two relationships? Yeah, maybe. Benny and Frida's is a bit sweeter and more romantic, and uh, Bjorn and Agneta's is a bit more tumultuous and exciting, maybe. Spicy. Spicy. Yeah, that's all. Just a thought. That could be, Lauren. You know, though, Lauren, Benny thought this song was just okay. Just all right. He didn't think the lyrics were great, but he really liked the middle eight that he wrote and the bridge into the middle eight. But I guess that's my least favorite part. I was going to say, I agree that the lyrics are just okay, like compared to what maybe they could be. Um, But the song as a whole is really good, I think. Like, better than... What was the song that we just did that... Was it Watch Out? That Benny and Bjorn were like, nah, it's fine. And we're like, no, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, Watch Out was one of them. They don't have, like, the greatest opinions of their songs, so, like, what do they know? (laughs) No. What do they know? They're just musical geniuses. I'm just kidding. Um, For me, what really kind of sells the song is... It plays in many different levels, right? The beginning is soft and smooth and kind of almost rocking, like a little cradle. And then it like punches into the chorus aggressively. And the chorus is so heavy and so dense and so full. And then it immediately, after the chorus, calms back down in like a really intentional but delicate way back into that more soft, relaxed, smooth portion of the song. Like it hits really hard during the chorus and it and it doesn't hit as hard during the verses, but it's like the dichotomy between those two is what f- is really important in the song. I agree. I think the structure of it does resemble someone's relationship in that it starts out kind of very sweet, very timid I'd say and then you kind of hit that passionate Mm -hmm. moment or you finally realize how deeply in love you are with the other person and kind of smashes you into the chorus and then you know there's some other sweet parts and then there's some kind of eerie parts like that middle eight you just gotta go through it you really want to talk about this middle eight I kind of do but yeah I just think it it does resemble a relationship in some ways Mm mm-hmm It ebbs and flows, but ultimately you have Frida there who just knocks it right out of the park. Yeah, we're going to have to come back and talk about Frida's voice. But first, let's talk about this middle eight, Julie. Can we? You loved it. I didn't hate it. I like that it's in the song because I think it, again, provides that breakup. Breakup. Ooh. Um, Good choice of words. (laughs) Um, It just breaks up the chorus because... They, it did not look like they were intending for a third verse, so it probably would have just been a lot of chorus to a fade out to the end without the middle eight. Right. And I really like the way that it comes out of the middle eight. It climbs this roller coaster. Do, do, do. Yes. And then psh, yes. crash. Gonna sing you my love song. Yes. My favorite part of it is the end of it. Oh, the middle eight? Yeah, the end of the middle eight. Yes. I don't like the start of it. Sorry, Benny. 
You're my love, you're my angel. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I can't even sing it. I don't like it. It's just, I don't know. It's very sharp and very eerie. The thing is, you know what's interesting about this song too? You could take this song and it would be a monologue ballad in a musical. 100%. percent mm-hmm. The part where like the part where it enters the middle eight feels particularly theatrical to me. Yes, very much. It should be in the Phantom of the Opera, I think. Yes. That's what it sounds like. You can almost see Frida standing on a stage singing this song and maybe pacing back and forth as yes. this middle eight happens. I do like the pace of this song too. Yes. Yes. It's got a it's it's a slow ballad to start and then the chorus Mm-hmm. Builds it up, and there's some percussion, some, some uh, punctuation marks, and I love that, especially with the piano too. That's Benny. He's playing for his woman, who's singing a song that he wrote about him. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> he wrote this song for her to sing about him, and he's playing in the song. I like that. And he's playing the most passionate parts. Yes. Boom, boom. You know. He's playing his love song. He's going to let her sing his love song. <laughs> going to sing. Going to let you sing my love song. Going <laughs> to let you sing this song. <laughs> that was the working title before the working title. Yeah, it was gonna. <laughs> it was Frida, comma. I'm going to let you sing, sing. me this love song while I play piano. Yes. <laughs> and they chopped it. Yes. It was too long. It wouldn't fit on the album cover. No. Nope. Frida, I'm going to let you <laughs> sing this love song that I wrote for you while I play the piano in the background. Yes. It's catchy. It's a catchy title. It is. It really is. Could have been a hit. Could have been a hit. Huge hit. Now, Lauren, let's talk about this Mellotron and the Mini Moog. Just real, real quick, real quick. Okay. And I didn't like it. Yeah, go for it. You're not a fan. It's too squealy. I I don't know. It just sounds like a pig. It sounds like a pig squealing. It wasn't smooth enough for you. No. No, I like things smooth. Except for my peanut butter, which I take either way. Nice. (laughs) But always with jams. <laughs> oh, God. But, okay. If if not for the Mellotron and the Mini Moog, though, it would have just been a standard ballad. Very similar to Dissolution. This is Frida's Dissolution. Yes. I agree that the, the Mellotron and the Mini Moog bring... Uh, it's not really a freshness, but it it's something different than just a regular ballad. I agree with that. And it's something interesting to listen to in the upper octave range of the song. Maybe, here's the thing, Julie. Maybe, Julie, Julie, Julie. Here's the thing. What? Frida is an alto? What is she saying? I don't know, Lauren. You ask me these musical theory questions. I don't know nothing. Anyway, she she is lower than what Anita usually sings at, right? Yes, I think she's an alto. So they may have those really high-pitched, maybe they didn't intend them to be squealy, but to balance Frida's voice in the song. Mm. And to make her voice sound better. Yes, exactly. 
Yes, to enhance her voice. Because if you took it higher, then you'd end up with this squealy mess. Right, right. So, like, you know, they know that there's a lot of magic that happens when Anita and Frida sing together, but they wanted to have a ballad that highlighted Frida, but without that kind of upper octave of the song filled, it probably didn't sound as good or as full or whatever. So they put the the synthesizer in there. And also, her voice being somewhat lower gives the message and the emotion a bit more realness. I agree. And groundedness because if it was up higher i think i wouldn't have believed her Mm -hmm. i think she would be putting on an act it wasn't true not true love and i think that that's something they carry throughout the rest of their songs too is that like when frida is being highlighted when her voice is being highlighted just by being a little bit lower it, it sounds more mature and so it sounds more believable right it's it's less like Oh, I'm a little girl and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sing you my love song. But it sounds really kind of genuine and mature in that sense. Yes. She knows what she's talking about. She, this, isn't, this isn't just some child's love story, love song. Right. And that's why they use her verse songs like Knowing Me, Knowing You. Oh, good one. Right? She carries a lot of like really beautiful emotion in her voice without like cracking but like recognizing that emotion and it's powerful but it's also very delicate which is a really fine line to walk and it kind of actually it kind of reminds me of florence Mm, very nuanced yes very nuanced but very sure yes yes unwavering yes this is a pro frida household i love frida yes (laughs) i relate Lauren, what do you say we take a break right now? Um, we got anything else to talk about? No, I'm done. I'm done too. It's a good song. It's it's a solid song. I enjoyed it. It might go on my playlist of ABBA songs that deserve more attention. Who knows? I think that's a good choice. Maybe. I really thought I was going to like this more than you, Lauren. You surprised me. That's really interesting. It's really interesting that you think that. I like to surprise you and enjoy things more than you think that I'll enjoy them. (laughs) i don't like surprises but (laughs) for you for me anything i think too here's just one more important note i think it's important to think about too that like we're listening to these almost 50 years after the fact right and songs that may not have been popular then we enjoy now because they've just stood the test of time you know like it's just a good solid song and even if gonna sing you my love song wasn't a huge hit for them then i think that you could have listened to it at any point throughout the last 50 years and recognize that it's a solid song i agree lauren you have to say let's take a break because i say it every time and i always say smeetish meatballs (laughs) i fall into that trap every time okay julie do you want to take a break yes and we get back we'll dive like right into what's happening this week okay let's do it but first If you all are enjoying this show, make sure you join our Patreon. We've got some fun exclusives over there, including early releases of episodes, some bonus content, some notes from Julie, ooh, stickers, ooh. Yeah, I'll let you read my notes, but I'm going to read them to you. I'm going to let you sing me your love notes. (laughs) 
I'm gonna sing you my love news. We've got some fun exclusives over there, including early releases of episodes, bonus content, notes from Julie, stickers, ooh, postcards now. Yeah, postcards are new and they're really cool. You're definitely gonna want one. Yes, they're way cool. But the only way to get one is to join us at patreon.com slash tyftm. Thanks to BigCon250 and Nora for being solid gold supporters on Patreon. Thanks, Nora. And please become one of our Swedish meatballs. Yes. Back to the show. What is happening this week? Julie, this week is the beginning show week at Eurovision 2021 in Rotterdam. (gasps) Yes. Lauren. That's very cool. I don't know where Rotterdam is. It's in the Netherlands. Is it elsewhere? Do you know where the Netherlands is? Is it elsewhere in Scandinavia? Elsewhere in Europe? Elsewhere. And of course... Sweden and Swedish pop have a long history of entering and doing well in the Eurovision competitions. And this week, I think that we should take some time to highlight this year's Swedish entrant, Tuse. And I know you talked about him a little bit in his song. Yes. uh, A few episodes ago when we talked about the Melody Festival, and I think, right? Right after he won that. Mm -hmm. Um. But I thought it'd be fun to just highlight him a little bit more as a person and kind of his backstory. So Tuse arrived in Sweden as a refugee from the Democratic Republic of the Congo at just eight years old. Him and his family originally fled the Congo when he was just five, and they lived in a refugee camp in Uganda for three years until he was granted asylum in Sweden, actually. He said in an interview with the BBC that his first thought when he arrived in Sweden was, wow, everything is so clean. How do you keep it so clean? So fresh and so clean. (laughs) Which is really cute. Um, And his love of music was sparked at a young age, particularly during celebrations in the Congo, where everyone was just singing and dancing and playing drums, and it was all just really joyous and loud and celebratory. And he kept that musical spirit by singing through his everyday life, much to the confusion of native Swedes, though he was continually encouraged by his vocal teacher to continue his musical career. And above all, Tuesday is hoping his song and his story inspires others and that his performance serves as a big thank you to Sweden. Thank you, Sweden. So he seems like a pretty cool guy. Yes. Oh. On the official Eurovision website, they have like, you know, quick fire questions. And one of them says, if you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance music be? Seven Devils by Florence. Oh. No. It would be The Winner Takes It All. Oh. Oh, okay. Wrong. Sorry for this quiz. My bad. Yes, he did make it to the semifinal. And he performs fourth in the first heat of the semifinals. Cool. So that's all. I hope that he does well. I hope so, too. I'm rooting for him. I think he's got a great spirit. Great outlook on life. Agreed. And his song has a great message as well. Yes, exactly. I'm going to try to watch Eurovision this weekend. Do it. 
I think that we will have to get a virtual private network because you like it like literally cannot watch it in the US. They're going to live stream it on YouTube, but not in the US. We're gonna try. We're gonna try. We're gonna try. Lauren, do you wanna hit us with your PB and jam? Julie. We've been having incredible weather this past week. So I'm in like a summer mood, summer state of mind. And I've been revisiting some songs that I've enjoyed specifically during the summertime in the past. So my jam this week is the song Kids by One Republic. We used crazy things like... Tell me about this song, Lauren. So One Republic has a pretty long history of producing really rich and dense sounding songs. But this song is is all of that. It's rich and dense, but it's also like bright and inspiring and pokes at the idea of reconnecting with your own youth to a time when you truly felt like you lived in the moment and you enjoyed life. Musically, the song is wonderful. I, I like the parts that almost sound like kind of like a barking dog or a squawking bird. The I really like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but it carries that idea of lightheartedness throughout the whole song. It's a little bit flowier during the verses, but it, it hits hard during the pre-chorus and the chorus when the drums kick in and they're like really staccato and just kind of bumping. So overall, I, I think it's what? Bumping. I was just going to say, I think it's the, the kind of the textbook definition of a bumping song. <laughs> Yes, I agree. And it's a great, great carefree style jam for the summertime ahead. Thank you, Julie. Lauren, it is a bumpin' song. Thank you. Good choice. Thank you. I think I have heard this one, and it's it's a good one. I have to agree with you. I like the little Yeah. Is that the dog noise? Yeah, that's what I was referring to. I like it. Thank you. It's a bop. That's a bop. It's a good one, Lauren. I like One Republic as well. I like uh, Tedder. It makes you like just want to drive around with the windows down and you want to belt this song with your buddies and you get some ice cream. That's a good summer song. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. It's very yellow. Yes. Yeah, I want ice cream. Julie, what's your jam this week? What's your PB and jam this week? Lauren, Lauren, my PB and jam this week is called Lookers by the Menzingers. Julie, you did that one last week. Did you did literally I do that one last did week? that one last week. <laughs> Sugar Shack. Man, I should have stopped looking at your notes and paid attention to my own notes. For real. It's all right. It's all right. I have a song. I have, I have a pooping jam song. I've been jamming to lots of stuff. To be honest, I've been listening to Dottie all day. You have? Yeah, all day. Okay, Lauren. Well, my PB and Jam for this week is from Mr. Wives, and it's called It's My Turn. It's also a bit of a summery one. I've been bopping along to that one. You were the one that actually told me about this album coming about coming out. Super Bloom. Yeah, Super Bloom is a great album. Is really good. Oh, really good. Yes. Just overall, that album is fantastic. It's got hit after hit. Yes. 
and for them it's it's a bit more alt i'd say because some of their some of their other stuff is is happier a bit more poppy and i think super bloom was their their uh i don't know dipping their toe into more alternative rock and i don't know playing with that a little bit which i like from them because i think her voice is suited to that yes and i like it's my turn because it starts out very slow, very calm, and this one builds a lot too, and I like the part where it's like, here we go, I'm not gonna stay, and then she goes right into, well, it's my turn, dun, dun, dun. I like that, it it really hits on, it's my turn, and I think that was a good choice, and the whole point of it, really. I forgot about this album, this is a great album. I really like the bass, too, and the chorus. Yes. Oh, I want to dance with my shoulders on this one. Yeah. I think the lead singer has a great voice as well. It's very unique. I agree. Yes. Identifiable. She has a little yodel vibe happening as well in some Mm -hmm. of the... Maybe not in this song so much, but in their other songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been revisiting Super Bloom this week. So I've been listening to It's My Turn, YYY, and Ghost are my top three. Mm. So that's what I've been PB and jamming to. We only have one more episode, Lauren. Yes, Lauren, it's a great album. Oh, the the end is also very good. The end was the one that I listened to a lot. I know. I'm gonna listen to this album tomorrow, Julie. Yes. Oh, good one, Julie. Yes. Even though you messed it up at the beginning, it's all good. Julie, thank you for the music. Lauren, thank you for the music. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening to our show. We really appreciate it, and we love doing the show, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it as well. Yes. A big thank you to BigCon250 and Nora. Thank you so much for listening and being our our uh, solid gold patrons. Thank you very much. Lauren, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast, on Twitter at Abapod. And you can also become a supporter at patreon.com slash tyftm. You can listen to other episodes of our show, tyftm, at abapodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review the show. And as always, Lauren. Julie. Thank you for the music. No, thank you. No, you. No, you. Thank you for the music. The songs we're still singing. Coming in second place to last place. That's pretty bad. (laughs) Have you ever thought about it that way? You're coming in second to last. So you're not quite last, but you're coming in second place to last. (laughs) What are you talking about? Have you ever thought about that? No. No, No, I I just thought about it right now.